Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship on this first Sunday of Advent as we join together virtually to worship this morning. So as we join our hearts and minds together, wherever we are, if we are sitting at home or if we're looking at our phone or if we're on our computer screen or or looking at the television, however we're gathered, why don't you take a moment to greet everyone at this time? Say hello, check in and see who else is here. Let us greet each other and let us join together in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we know how much we long to be in person together again, but until that day comes, we still remember to worship you. We worship you with our hearts and with our minds. We come together, even if only virtually, as a community of faith to worship you on this first Sunday of Advent. Lord, we pray for this pandemic to come to an end. We pray for a day when we can be together again. But until then, we ask that you help us to grow and you help us to learn as we gather our hearts and our minds together today. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.
So now, since it's the season of Advent, which means that Christmas is coming, we are going to light our Advent candles for our children's moment. So we've got some candles here. We have purple candles, a pink candle, and a white candle. Now for the first Sunday of Advent, I'm going to need you, Taylor, to light one of the purple candles. But before we do that, let's talk about what these candles are. So here we are. So we have these candles, and we know that these candles help us to get ready for Christmas. We light the candles on the outside, and then on a special day, we light the white one in the middle. So let's think backwards. What do you think the white one in the middle stands for, Taylor? Christmas. Almost, it almost stands for Christmas because it stands for Christ. So when do you think we light the Christ candle? On Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, we light the Christ candle, but you're, the, you're exactly on top of it. And so during the season of Advent, there's four Sundays that come before Christmas Eve. Those four Sundays come before Christmas Eve, and they help us to get ready for Christmas, to make sure that our hearts and our minds are in the right place. So normally, I've got all of you kids gathered around here with Taylor and myself so we can light these candles together. But I think that a lot of you probably remember what these candles stand for, at least the older kids. Now, first candle that we're going to write, light is one of the purple ones. We're going to have it be this purple one, okay? Any guesses what this purple one stands for? You remember all of them, but you don't remember the order. What do you remember? So here's what our candles stand for. First, we are going to light the candle of hope. Hope. Now, what do you hope for? Do you hope for anything good? I hope that coronavirus will be over and we can all be with our friends and actually go to school every day. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys could hear what Taylor said because she doesn't have a microphone on while I do. But Taylor said that she hopes for an end of the coronavirus so that you guys can all be with your friends again and you can all go back to school. Would you have ever guessed that one of your biggest hopes would be to go back to school? <laughs> no way. But so right now, the hope candle means a lot to us since we are in the middle of a pandemic. We hope for this coronavirus to come to an end and you hope to be with your friends again. You hope to be able to be back in the school. That is a great message of hope. So we can all hope together today. So today we're going to light the candle of hope. Next, we're going to light the candle of peace. That'll be next Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, we get to light the pink candle. Isn't that fun? And the pink one, that one stands for joy, which is a great candle. Then last, we light the candle of love. And then on Christmas Eve, we light the Christ candle. So now as we think about all that we hope for, what do you hope for? Taylor hopes for the coronavirus to come to an end, to be with her friends again, to be back in school. What do you hope for? Maybe talk with your family and your friends who are gathered around with you and, and think, what do you hope for this Advent season? And Taylor, will you light our hope candle?
as we join together for worship, let us light our peace candle. Good and gracious God, we light this candle and we pray for peace. We pray for peace in this world. We pray for an end to the coronavirus. We pray for a day when we can gather together in person with one another, safely, happily, peacefully. We light this candle and we pray for your peace to enter this world. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Gather around. 
So come in, relax, let your tiredness roll away, lift up your hearts and listen, gather around. reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the 13th chapter. We will read verses 24 through the end of the chapter. We are going to read what's called the coming of the Son of Man. This is where Jesus is talking about when he will come again and when heaven and earth will be reunited as one. And this is how we start our season of Advent. So if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say or type in amen? starting with verse 24. But in those days after the suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. 
As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about the day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like the man going on a journey, and when he leaves his home, he puts his slave in charge, each with his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. gracious God. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you for allowing us to be together virtually. We thank you for pouring your Holy Spirit upon us wherever we are. And now, Lord, we ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say, today and every day, can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. 
Now, do you remember a few years ago, right around this time of the year, there was a guy in California who had his own Christian radio station, and he predicted that the world was going to end in December of that year. I don't remember exactly, but I think it was like December 18th. He predicted that the world was going to end. He said that he had it all figured out based on his biblical numerology, and he convinced many of his followers to give up all that they had to sell all that they had and to follow him because he knew when the world was going to come to an end. Now, I don't even remember the guy's name and I didn't even bother looking it up because to me it doesn't really matter, but I do remember everybody talking about it and everybody being kind of in a frenzy like, wait, is there some truth to what this guy's saying? Is the world actually going to come to an end in, in December of now however many years ago? And I do remember actually preaching about that the one Sunday because I said, you know what, I have no idea when the world is going to come to an end, whatever exactly that means, but I do know that it's not going to be on this date that this man predicted. And how do I know that? I know because Jesus tells us that we don't know the day or the hour. We can't predict the day or the hour when it's going to happen, when Jesus will return, when Christ will return, and when earth as we know it will cease to exist the way that it does, because then heaven and earth will be reunited and renewed, and something, something glorious will happen when heaven and earth will become one again. We have no idea when that's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen because we're not supposed to know when it's going to happen. So I remember years ago preaching on it saying, well, I don't know when the world's going to come to an end, but I do know that it's not on the date that that false prophet predicted because Jesus warns us. He tells us that there's going to be people saying that they know all of these things. He, he tells us that there's going to be false prophets out there and he tells us that the date can't be predicted, but instead of trying to predict some date about when life as we know it will cease to exist, Jesus says that instead of worrying over when that day will come, instead we should keep awake. We should keep awake. What does that mean to keep awake? It means to make sure that we are ready in all and every way that we can be, that, that we are ready. That's what it means to keep awake. It means make sure that, that we're not like, oh yeah, I'll start following Jesus in a few days. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll straighten some things up in my life in a few years. It's not like that, but Jesus says we should be, be awake and alert right now and not just today, but every day. So I think about how years ago when that man was saying that he knew the date that the world was going to come, come to an end, and of course that date came and past. I think about that man, but I also think about the fear that he instilled. When people were terrified at the thought, well, well, could this be a time when, when Christ could return? And what does that mean for all of us? And I remember that there's, there was so much fear. But now let's fast forward a few years to here and to now. Fast forward, and here we are nearly a year into a global pandemic, and we're stuck at home, twiddling our thumbs, you know, letting the time pass us by, staying as safely as we can in the comfort of our own homes. And a lot of this is, is getting old for, for all of us, for the kids who 
who want to be back in school so badly, to the adults who are home and alone and getting lonely, to our people who are in nursing homes who don't get to have the visitors that they always get this time of the year and, and that are even more lonely, to all of the rest of us who are maybe trying to manage a bazillion Zoom calls and a bazillion other things than not being able to, to get out and to do the things that bring us joy. You know, we're all in this global pandemic together, even if our lives might all look a little bit different. And I think about how all of us are in this crazy time together, even though we're separate. And now if we were to think about Christ returning, I know that there's some people who are like, hmm, you know what, God? Now might be a really good time. You know what, God, now might not be the worst time to have Christ return. I, I, I think we might be ready for you. I think we might need you to, to come back and to fix up this world because we messed it up pretty well on our own. So, so maybe, God, come back and, and come over and take away our free will and fix all that is wrong in this world and let heaven and earth be reunited as one. I think about how now that some years have gone by, our perspective may have changed. Maybe there's a little bit of sarcasm in there, but maybe it's true. I know that I've heard people who are like, okay, God, now is as good of a time as any for Christ to return. Because it's crazy how just a few years can change a perspective. But the thoughts of Christ returning in what Mark's community thought was going to be in their own lifetime, in their own generation, it's not meant to instill fear like that man in California did a few years ago. It's not meant to instill fear at all, but instead, it's meant to instill hope. How is Christ returning and earth as we know it, ceasing to exist, going to instill hope? Well, it's meant to instill hope because when Christ returns, when that day comes, when that time comes, what that means is that Christ will return and evil that continues to exist in this world, evil will be put underfoot, evil will be abolished, evil will no longer exist when Christ returns, because when Christ returns and, and heaven and earth are reunited as one, when that time comes, all of the injustices in the world will be scraped away. All of the greed in the world will be washed away. All of the selfishness, all of the hatred, all the bigotry, all the racism, all of the any-ism whatsoever, all of that will get washed away. It'll all get washed away because all evil will get washed away. All evil will be abolished. That even means that our own free will will be abolished because our free will gives us the choice to choose good or evil. And that free will that we have sometimes leads us to choose that which is evil. That's how evil is able to operate in this world. So when Christ returns, all that is evil will be washed away. And the only things that will remain are that which are good. Only that which is good will remain. So this isn't meant to instill fear. Instead, when Jesus says these words, what he means is to instill hope. Hope that evil cannot last forever. Hope that evil, while it thinks it's all big and powerful, evil does not get the final say because who gets the final say? You got it. God gets the final say. Evil will be all washed away, and that is where we find hope. 
Think about the world that we live in now. We're approaching Christmas, and we know that, that right now there are families who maybe are one paycheck away from losing their housing and possibly going to have to make their way to the women's shelter or to Buffalo City Mission. We know that there are people who are struggling to get by even here in our own communities. We know that there are families that, that aren't sure if they're going to have any presents for their children to open on Christmas morning. We know that there are places and people that are more concerned with having food to fill their bellies than gifts to be able to open. We know that there are injustices in this world. We know that there is heartbreak in this world. We know that, that some kids get to grow up in, in good, cushy households with all that they want and need, but then there's others who barely have even the necessities that they require in order to be able to survive. So when we look around this world at this time of the year, we see that there are great injustices. We see that there are great inequalities, and yet Christ tells us that that will not last forever because there will be a day, friends, when Christ will return. And he says, I don't even know the day or the hour. Only God knows. Only God, the creator, knows. And Jesus says that there will come a day when Christ will return and all that is evil, all of the injustices, all hatred, all everything will finally cease to exist. That's why this Sunday is a Sunday of hope. That's why we start the season of Advent, which is a season of anticipation. We start the season of anticipation with the reminder of hope, with re the reminder that we, my friends, are supposed to keep awake and keep alert because there is going to be a day when Christ will return. That's where we are able to find hope. We're able to find hope and not fear because we're able to find hope that one day all bellies will be filled. We are able to find hope that, that one day all children will be loved. We are able to find hope that one day everybody will be safe and will be warm and will be treated with the respect and the love that they deserve. We are able to look at the hope that one day, that utopia that we imagine, that one day when heaven and earth are reunited as one, God will ensure that one day our hope will come to fruition. But you know what's really cool about this season of anticipation, this, this hopeful season of anticipation, is that as we're all reminded to keep awake, and as we are all reminded that Christ will return one day, we're also reminded that if we want to keep awake, we should probably make sure that our works are good. We're, we're reminded that if we want to be awake and be ready for whenever that day is that Christ will return, whether it's today or whether it's a, a thousand years from now, we need to be ready. And so we think about what it means to, to keep awake. And as we anticipate what's going to happen just in this season alone, this season of Advent, the season that leads up to Christmas, we want to make sure that those who are less fortunate have what they need. And so the most amazing thing that happens, my, the most hope-filled thing that I think that happens during this season of Advent is that people of all different abilities, financial abilities and everything, come together to make sure that the needs of others are 
provided for. I love how even within our own church, how people buy all of these individual gifts, which we're hoping to do again this year, all of these individual gifts to come together to help the homeless teen boys over at Plymouth Crossroads. I love how, how everybody picks up tags, and we're going to try to figure out how to do it that again this year, picks up tags so that we can together rally around those kids that might have more needs that are not fulfilled, more needs that are not provided for so that we can purchase those things and help to bless kids in need. I'll tell you that you know that every year for Christmas Eve, I, I get my pastor's discretionary fund gets replenished. And my goal, as Ron knows, is that every year when we get back to the next Christmas Eve, that I try my hardest to make sure that that fund is as close to empty as I can. Many times I am able to successfully empty that. And the reason that I want to be able to empty that fund is because I want to make sure that we're able to help people financially or with gifts or whatever we can in any way that we as a church community can before it's replenished again on Christmas Eve. I don't want us to have money that's sitting there and growing, but instead I want us to use that money to help those people who might be less fortunate than some of the rest of us. And so it's the most amazing thing to be able to, to do all of these things. I'll tell you that every year as Christmas gets closer, it's usually just a week or two before Christmas, I usually get some kind of panicked phone call or, or panicked email by somebody who maybe has a really unfortunate situation one year I had a phone call from somebody who, who somebody in their family who had been addicted to drugs stole all of the kids' Christmas gifts. Stole them all. The family was finally doing well, except for there's this one person who was addicted to drugs, and so they stole all these gifts so that they could sell the kids' gifts for drug money. And so the, the family called all panicky and all worried, wondering if there's any way that, that we as a church could help because they really did have all the gifts, but... Now they no longer get did. They also didn't have all the, the funds that they needed to, again, purchase all of those gifts. And so I got to be that middle person. I got to be that little elf that got to help so that our church community got to help those in need so that kids actually did get to wake up on Christmas morning with gifts to open. I love witnessing all of the ways that people in our community want to help, all of the ways that, that people ask, well, is there another way that I can help? You know, is there somebody who, who needs uh, money for a nice dinner? Is there somebody who needs money for some good gifts? Is there any way that I can help in order to make Christmas a little bit more special for somebody in need? And I love being able to be the middle person and to witness all of the ways that these good works are done as the season of Christmas approaches. And so friends, when we think about what it means to keep awake during this Advent season, what it means is to make sure that our works are good works. It means to make sure that our faith is evident in our actions, that if Jesus came and returned and stood right in front of us, that we would not be ashamed of who we are, but instead we were confident that what we were doing was good and was acceptable and was loving. And so during this season, as we try our hardest to keep awake, what that means is that as we keep awake, we do as many good works as we possibly can. And those good works help 
help to create more hope in this world. Those good works help to create more equality in this world. Those good works help to create more options for others in this world. And as we create all this goodness, as we do all of these good works in this world during this season, the amazing thing that happens is that the more goodness that there is in the world, the less evil that there is in the world. The more goodness we put out there into the world, the less power evil has in this world. That's why we keep awake with doing good and faithful works, because the more good that we do, the less power evil has over any of us. That is why we do good works. We do good works, especially during this season. We do good works so that we, my friends, can keep awake. So this, this season of Advent, the season of Advent is all about anticipation. And on this Sunday of Advent, it's about hope. It's about hope that one day Christ will return. And if we are awake, if we are alert, if we are doing good in this world and having faith and sh letting our faith shine through our good works, then we will be ready. It's about hope that one day Christ will return. And evil that, that creates all of the, the greed in this world, evil that leads to all the violence in this world, all that is evil will be put under Christ's feet. That is where our hope comes from. Our hope is that just as Christ entered the world once, 2,000 years ago, Christ will enter the world again. And when Christ enters the world again, all evil will be put underfoot. All evil will be washed away. And all that will remain is that which is good. And that, my friends, is a day we can all hope for. That is a day that we can all hope for and await with humble anticipation. Now let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, you are good and only good. Evil stands no chance with you, Lord. So we wait and we hope for the day when you will return. We wait and we hope with humble anticipation for the day when Christ will return and all evil will be abolished. So until that day comes, Lord, help us to keep awake. Help us to do good works. Help us to share your love. And we pray this and every prayer with uh, all of our hearts and our minds gathered together through the words that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
the time for our offering. You're able to give online at zionuccton.com or if you have your Breeze account, you can just log into that and you can give that way. Or you can send in a check. We appreciate how everybody has continued to give as we struggle our way as all do through this pandemic. So thank you for all of your gifts. No matter how large or how small, we are extremely grateful. We also want you to know that we do have our food pantry open on Mondays from 11 to 1, so anyone who is in need is able to come to the pantry at that time. And now is the time for our offering. let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all He brings, risen with healing in His wings. While He lays His glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And now, friends, go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ. And most importantly, go forth with hope. Go forth with hope and be blessed and be a blessing to all. Sons of earth, born to give them second birth.